Welcome to the enchanting world of the Books and Brands podcast. In every episode, we explore the world of storytelling with authors, librarians, booksellers, and fellow book lovers like you. We're here to celebrate the magic of books. Plus, we have our very own monthly book club. We also explore the world of branding with the Silver Lining Design clients. Join us as clients share their branding journey and, of course, their love for books. Our mission? To leave you with that unforgettable feeling you get when you turn the final page of an incredible book. Brimming with hope, joy, and hungry for the next adventure. So cozy up with your favorite blanket, find your perfect listing spot, because it's time to dive into the world of books and brands. Welcome to the November Book Club, which is a good girl's guide to murder. I'm Danielle. I'm Kale. And I'm Jen. And I'm going to give you a synopsis right away. So get on board. Okay, so we have Pip, who is doing her senior project in high school, not in college. It's a very advanced senior project. And with that senior project, she has decided that she wants to solve a murder. So Andy and Sal Singh were maybe murdered, maybe not, maybe alive, maybe not. Who's to say? So she pairs up with Sal Singh's brother, Ravi, a.k.a. Ravi Shing, right? So <laughs> I don't know if everybody got that fun. But so, uh, and they start looking to try to find out who the killer is. And she just records it, you know, in her high school journal throughout the way. We definitely did not do this in Mr. Shortridge's uh, class. No. And um, I don't remember her like mentioning what other students were doing, but surely they weren't this in depth, right? I mean, how many murders were in this town that they needed to investigate for one? I mean, I think this was the only one, but based on what was going on with all of the people in this town, I'm really surprised that there, there's a lot to investigate. Right. There's a lot happening. Yeah, I actually made notes um, like of loose ends that weren't tied up in the book. Um, and, and obviously, like, I know there's a sequel. It's sitting on my nightstand, but it was like there's a lot of like what happening wait a second, what is happening with these people? Well, we can go into that later. We don't, we don't have to start there. So yeah. um, we'll start with. So wait, oh. what part of the synopsis have I left out since I left out so much last time? Did I just nail the synopsis? Oh, I felt like you did a good job. Yeah, oh. it was a overarching, broad, good synopsis. Okay. All right. Let's dive in then. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> it's and you stopped me. Okay. <laughs> So as we did um, last month, um, who is your favorite character? 100% Robbie. Robbie, yes. Yeah. yeah. There's there's like no one I think that even comes close no. to yeah. being as awesome as Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. I there did, a- I, did li- I liked Kara's humor, like when she like showed it, like she was a good supporting <laughs> a good supporting <laughs> character, I feel like. But yeah. If it weren't for Ravi, I would have thrown that book in the bathtub. <laughs> oh, really? Did so did you not like reading. the book? I just, I gave it a three stars on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. Out of five? Yeah. Okay. Um, I would have given it a four star. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I liked it. I didn't not like it. Or wait, I didn't not, I didn't not not like it <laughs> am i having a stroke <laughs> i did a little more <laughs> i didn't hate it i just felt like every cliche in any murder podcast or murder show or murder book she was like let me throw it all in here like like mm. what was an example of a cliche like I know. It's just like every like twist and turn. I didn't make notes. I'm not prepared like you guys. But like <laughs> I just feel like every like like even just something down to like as simple as her like developing feelings for Robbie and then like her getting the threatening note and then her it was just like I felt like it was very annoying at times because it was full of 
like kind of obvious twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Did you find the, the last like twists and turns? Like, were yes. you? Yes, I was. Were you surprised? I was, was page turning like crazy when I texted you guys last night, and I was like, "Okay, guys, <laughs> I've been really annoyed at this book, but these last like twenty five pages, wow, it's great." <laughs> A lot so happens like, in the last like twenty five yes. pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. like I, I loved the twist of the end with Mr. Ward and the girl who was not Andy. <laughs> but he thought was Andy? <laughs> but she thought she was Andy. Yes. Can we dig into that while we're here? Because, like, I just I thought like- <laughs> it was, like, so bananas. Like, why did you feel like he felt that was Andy or did he know that it wasn't Andy but he was just like that was like the craziest thing that Pip who did not personally know Andy was like that's not that's not Andy just (laughs) because I looked at pictures for my senior project that is not her but I think he just had a he just had a mental break right like I think he like what I think he probably I think like I thought that like I, I liked that part. I liked the twist of that part, but I felt like that whole part was like very glossed over. It's like very clear. Like we did not delve into the woman's mental break or Mr. Ward's. It was just like, oh, well, this well, is Andy. They had, they had mentioned that she kind of had like some mental disabilities and that she kind of had the brain of a child, right? Yeah, she was yeah. 12. Yeah. yeah. But like a 12, like, uh, like I think of, my niece at (laughs) she's 13 like I mean uh, but she doesn't have a learning disability but like she would still be questioning like why why can't I go home um or you know what well I guess I I didn't question I didn't question that so much because like I mean I've watched enough TV to like know that (laughs) I feel like when when people are like kidnapped and they're like told like your mm. Jane or whatever you like at some point you you lose sense of your reality like I think you have like the common... Stockholm syndrome and all yes that stuff yeah yeah so I think that is very like I thought that was done well I think maybe I'll rephrase maybe it wasn't full of cliches that I didn't like but it's just like in my mind she painted this like very very small town and I pictured Tipton and like you know all the neighboring towns I pictured like Elwood like you know like she made it seem like maybe not a farm town, but a very small town. And it's like, okay, you do not have all this crazy stuff happening in your tiny town. Like, or maybe they do. Then and, we got to go investigate our own. And in Tipton, Indiana, <laughs> we're just not in with the going on and the crowd. But <laughs> I, I do think like every small town ha- has somebody who, at least one person who is selling drugs that, you know, like, there was a small town like murder when we were in college, right? Right. Nobody did a port senior portfolio over that. Right. So, so I do think that that piece is not unbelievable. Right. But and, and like the the murder was not unbelievable, even the drugs. But then it's like, but you're also you also want me to believe that you have a teacher who went crazy and had a psychotic break and kidnapped another girl who had a psychotic break for five years and like no one put any of this together like that's just a lot of like things going on yeah but like the relationship obviously between like the teacher student that wasn't surprising I think the only thing that I didn't really like in regards to more of sort of the cliche was when they kind of go after the victim like it's the victim's fault where Which they victim? painted Andy and- as just being this like horrible person and oh, I hate not it. a like hey you deserved it kind of thing but you know like they go after the victim and like she was horrible yeah but nobody deserves to be murdered I didn't say that well- I'm, I'm very <laughs> sorry she's in a sewer tank but like <laughs> like I also didn't think that anyone was like she deserved to die but yeah. I, I felt like they did paint a clear picture of like how she may have gotten into this situation. (laughs) And I did like at the end when Pip was basically like, everybody in this story is at fault, except for Sal Singh, who is the person who's been vilified for 
five years. I did really like how she did that. I did not like, I did not like the relationship between Pip and Ravi because I just think that that's really weird. Like I liked their relationship. I like how they bantered. I liked how they played off each other. I like how they worked together. I just think like you're working on a murder case and and like, at some point his brother has died and it's like the romance is just blooming <laughs> like, just it, they did feel like a little weird. lighthearted at times it's like they were talking about like like it'd be one thing if they were just two classmates the fact that it was like his brother made their yeah. lightheartedness seem like a little weird at times yeah but i think that that also shows their age like we're not talking about 30 year olds. We're talking about an 18 year old and what was he 20? So, and this like Sal didn't just die. Like it was, it's been five years. Five years, so right. I think it would be way like harder to believe that like suddenly like, oh, I'm really interested in this girl if it had been like a week, but it had been five years. Yeah, but still like, even though it's been five years, you're bringing all of this back up. And you're kind of reliving it all again. I can't imagine that you, even though I think he kind of looks to her as sort of being his savior in some ways, I can't believe that that's going to be a lasting relationship. And maybe it will be. I mean, there's two sequels, so I don't know. We'll see. But that was just a little weird to me. But speaking of ages, the thing I think that made them seem like an 18 and 20 year old was everything that Pip did. (laughs) So Everything. I yeah, made like a go list. to the house by myself. Like, yeah. like, oh, um, the teacher says you cannot talk to the family. So the very first thing we see her doing is going to Robbie. Talk to the family, right? Yeah, talking to the family. Or like then she goes and talks to Becca, Andy's sister, or she's following a drug dealer at night by herself. Right. All of that and calling crazy. his phone and not blocking her number. Like, yeah. All of that Let's was try to get caught. even just the fact that she is doing some hardcore Facebook stalking is right. really much and high just assuming girl, and like, like going after it. And I love how like th- everyone just like willingly replied to her. It's like, yeah, like that is not yeah. how the world works. Like, yeah. and then how she just confronts potential murderers with all of the yeah. evidence. Let me knock on the drug dealer's door. Like, hey, I want you to explain to me first before (laughs) the police get here. Like, like, okay. No, (laughs) it was crazy. But also, I thought it was so strange because she seemed like she had a very good relationship with her parents, yet she wasn't going to them with any of these things. Like, someone was in their house and she still wasn't like, hey, mom and dad. I'm in a little deep here. Like, right. <laughs> that seemed crazy to me. Like, if she wasn't close to her parents, I, I could see it. But they seemed very close for her to then be mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to go sleep in my brother's room because someone's going to come in the house and murder us. Like, right. instead of just being like, hey, dad, maybe check the locks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but wait, I, I know I'm backtracking. But back to, you said that, like, they vilified Andy. You Did you mean, like, Pip and Ravi? Because... The town, I felt like, did not vilify Andy at yeah. all. Yeah, good point. Yeah, no, okay. Pip and Ravi, I feel like they really, and maybe they didn't even vilify, maybe more of just like the author vilified her, where it was just, she is having an affair on, with her boyfriend. She is dealing drugs. She is, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I think. Relationship with a teacher. She is a bully. Like all of those things just, I mean, I get that we need them so that the story advances. But, but, but just kind of take that idea of going after the victim in some ways. But don't you think, like, if you knew someone like that in real life, you would be like, ooh, I don't want to hang out with her. Like, yeah, not that you like, want her on to the die. Other, but on the yes, other Jennifer. side of that, Sal Singh was, like, the savior. Like, he could do nothing wrong. And, you know, everything he yeah, did was perfect. Makes... And he hated drugs. And he would never stand for this. And, you know right. what I mean? And who doesn't love a few good drugs? <laughs> 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 um, I don't just, just as an also I don't either as, as a mother of small children I'm just, I just, like I I'm just playing the devil's advocate here guys <laughs> maybe I think maybe maybe the author just did like it's almost like she painted each character like each of them Sal and Andy as too much of like polarized like 
Mm-hmm. Like he was like too perfect. And then she was trying to paint her Andy as like too bad when it's like, she could have just been like a bully and like a really mean girl. She, maybe she didn't need to have an affair and be a drug dealer and do all these other yeah. things too. Yeah. yeah. And I get that they gave us some backstory in the fact that her dad was not very nice to her. Right. And that her dad kind of, in a lot of ways, sort of caused her to become a bully. So we got yeah. some of that background, which was good. We obviously couldn't get a whole lot of it since she couldn't talk to Andy's parents. Yeah. And that maybe which that was also... That was also definitely a loose end because do you remember like in the last, like the last chapters of the book, Becca was like, oh, I don't even, I don't like talk to my dad anymore. And it's like her dad, I feel like he has to come up in the sequels. Like, I think, I think he's like, I think out of everybody in this town that has secrets, like he definitely has some secrets, his fair share. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely thought that Stanley, the newspaper guy, like what what was he like going to the drug dealer about that was like, you know, because she couldn't hear everything that was and like the cop. and the cop. They yeah. are on my list. And then Andy's dad was the other person. So maybe I- we should maybe we should backtrack again. Who did each of you think throughout the book was the killer? I first thought what that was it was Mr. Theory? Ward. I thought it was Mr. Ward too. And um, because I was like, oh, I feel like that would really throw her off if that's who it is. But then as it went, then I, uh, at one point I was like, is it Robbie? Like, did Robbie do that? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I like hit all of the people. Um, I think for the majority of the book, I felt like it was Naomi. Oh, I did keep questioning her too. Oh, I didn't think it was Naomi at all. I thought that, I thought that, I didn't think there was any way that Naomi had done it. I thought Mr. Ward for sure i kind of thought becca in some moments but i will say like even though i thought it was mr ward and even though i questioned becca and i feel like the other one that i kind of thought was the police officer daniel de silva yeah much like the name of our fearless leader on this podcast <laughs> Danielle <laughs> Silva, her nickname. um yeah, people are like, I thought her name was Danielle Ackerson. <laughs> yeah. So I did I did kind of think him for a bit just because he seemed very intense and a lot of things kind of kept coming back to him in some ways. But well, even, even with it even with it being Mr. Ward and Becca, like I didn't think it was gonna play out the way it played out. No, I never saw that coming. I never saw two separate murderers. Yeah, yeah and like that was quite shocking. And I think what surprised me even more than there being two murderers was the fact that Mr. Ward didn't mean to murder her. But boy, did he really jump the gun into murdering right. Sal. Like he immediately right. said, like, I gotta take care of this. <laughs> like, like, why would he not go out looking for her? He'd be like, okay, nobody can find her. <laughs> He's like, I must just murder somebody else to cover this up. Yeah. It felt very and- extreme. And why would the police just automatically be like, okay, Sal doesn't have an alibi. We found him in the woods. There is one text message. Case closed. We are done. <laughs> like, what kind of investigation is this town running in regards to murders? That I need to know. Which also, speaking of like Mr. Ward jumping straight to killing Sal. When Becca is like, she's like, I didn't mean to kill your dog. I let him go. But then, but I'm going to kill you. Like, <laughs> And I didn't mean to kill Andy either. But then I just right. kind of like let it happen and threw her in right. a septic tank. I said, why do these things just keep happening to me? People just keep dying around me, man. <laughs> well, I just really question like if, like is it just a real slippery slope like once once you do it once you're like oh get well on that horse here's the dog and now i'm gonna get you like what like <laughs> and, and then it was like i know this is like picking like at minor details but then it's like you find out we were we find out that andy's buried in the sewage system at that barn or whatever but then she's like 
let me write my first article ever for the newspaper about this property. Like, Which, by the way, <laughs> as soon as she was writing about that house, I was like, that is where Andy is at. Like, 100%, oh. that is where Andy is at. Because <laughs> wasn't she saying in the article that it was haunted and basically that nobody should buy it and nobody should go out there? So why would that be your first article? Like, don't go to this house. Yeah, because my dead sister is there. <laughs> the property. <laughs> oh, can I just say, okay, when people are invested, when people are interviewed, even if it's like the next day, but especially if it's five years later, how do people remember these timelines, the people that <laughs> are there, the details? Like, I need to know. Like what kind of fish oil they are taking <laughs> that is helping their brains retain this information. Cause I find it amazing that they can be like five years ago at 5 PM on a Saturday, <laughs> I was doing this. That's not, well, no. Ben, you're again, you're the very opposite end of that spectrum because you think everything was like, Oh, just a couple of days ago or, Oh, last week or whatever. And it was literally 17 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why I need to know what kind of fish oil they're taking. I need help because I don't understand how these people do this. But I'm amazed by it and that they can figure all of these little things out. We've all together, but I don't understand it at all. I thought it was really um, weird that she like emailed someone um, from like CNN as like, or where wherever, like, you know, and, and it, she's literally emailing from her Gmail and they're like, oh yeah, let me tell you a story of someone being date raped. Like, right. Oh, she was pretending to work for CNN. For CNN. Yeah. But okay. I mean, her, her email was, was Gmail. Was a Gmail, yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you're emailing like another child, okay. But like, she's emailing adults and they're yeah, like, people, yes. if she's, yeah, if she's 17, she's emailing people that are five years older than her. So like, I don't, whatever that is, 23. Like, <laughs> you would like think how do these people look. not understand? That's a good point. But Pip does drink black coffee. So she is well beyond her years. Like she knows <laughs> what's going on. She has no sugar, no cream. No cream. Eat it. She Doesn't... is a psychopath, I think is what uh, he said at the, the beginning. <laughs> which, which how weird that both of our, because back to last month's book, Heart, and Mercy had a coffee tea thing, and there this one had a very strong, not very strong, but like a, a weird coffee thing that we like remember. Isn't that strange? Is it a trope? It, uh, I was going oh. to ask. I was going to revisit <laughs> the it? tropes and ask Jen for an explanation of what our trope is for November. Oh, that's got to be it. The coffee and tea. Yeah, got to be yeah. it. Tropes, tropes continue to confuse me. Like, the coffee further makes we get you older. <laughs> Tea kills you. I think that was sort of the takeaway that we had here. I, I would agree with that. I hate tea. Yeah. I really like tea. But... <laughs> I don't like tea at all. No, no. Not a fan. <laughs> we um, oh, you go first, Danielle. So, oh, this is this is like going back again. Um, but um, I did like when they first off, I did not like that they went into Andy's house while no one was like that was one of the things that I was like things that Pip does that gives me anxiety list. Um, <laughs> it's a long but, list. But I did think that they did a good, or the author did a good job of like making Andy seem more human. And like even Pip saying like, here I was, this was this like kind of abstract like person, like not really like knowing who they are. And you walk into this room that has been like maintained by their mom and, you know, all of her stuff is still there. I mean, down to her planner, how convenient, sitting on her desk. <laughs> um, but not the burner phone. But That's not the burner phone. Yeah. Which I don't think was ever found, right? Was the burner phone ever found? I don't think it was. I don't think it was. No, it was not. Because the only, the weird number thing from Mr. Ward's phone that Naomi was texting from was the one written in Andy's planner. But her burner phone was never found. Yeah. And also, how did they, like, know how to set up that, like, printer thing to, like, 
I'm <laughs> like, tell you I'm who. like, is that a real thing? And, and I believed for a second, I was like, maybe it'll show like the print jobs. But then at the end, when she's like reprinting it, I was like, this has to be voodoo. This is, there's no way that printers do this. Like, that, they don't that even print no when sense. you need them to. How are they right. going to reprint something? Exactly. Especially if you don't save the document. I'm like, this is plot holes for days. Like, <laughs> And that's where Pip at sometimes seemed wise beyond her years. It's the coffee. And then at other times seemed like a 17-year-old. Like, <laughs> like, I think there was one thing where with Nat Da Silva where somebody was like, I think she got arrested and was charged with assault. And Pip was like, can I get her number? Like, I need to call her. That's great. Let's just immediately jump into that. What? Also, would you really be, this does not matter whatsoever, but would you really be arrested for assault if you punched your college roommate in the face? I and went to prison. That. And went like, to prison. Right. With an ankle monitor. Was that monitor? the only reason? Was it all that's just all because they, of the That's roommate? all that was presented to us. With all the evidence. <laughs> well, I mean, the the cops in this. Let's ask Pip to solve this crime in the sequel. That's what I want. <laughs> justice for Nat De Silva. Yes, justice for Nat. <laughs> I really did feel for her, though. I feel like she had. I mean, she did punch her college roommate in the face. I don't think that's okay. But like her being like put on Facebook. Um, you know, like that piece and just all of the stuff that um, that Andy did to her, I did feel like was really awful. Like I, I really felt for her and I was like, oh, this girl just needs a, somebody to give her a chance. She needs like a break. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it makes sense then that you would be triggered by your roommate when you feel like your roommate is being a bully. Right. Yeah. yeah. What else are you going to do? You got to close quarters. Fist Might as well punch them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You jump from zero to a hundred because there are no bullies in prison, so I'm sure she was real <laughs> safe there. <laughs> Did she actually go to prison, or was she just on house arrest? Well, that's what that one thing said that she, or one of the girls said. You know, was she emailing or was she talking to him on the phone? And she was like, "Um, she she went to prison, but I think she's out now, or something." Oh yeah, yeah they just lines. Say that. And can we just say for Nat De Silva, who needs to be on house arrest? She was out and about a lot. Right. Like she's hanging out at the school and she's got her ankle monitor on. And I'm like, is, is she just allowed to kind of <laughs> go at her leisure? Like, how does this work? And also but to again, a school with children. These officers right. don't do a whole lot. So, yeah. and he's her brother. Fine. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Daniel Da Silva, what yeah. a creep. Like, start to finish, just a creep. Yeah. Like when Pip was talking to him at that town hall. And Daniel De Silva's wife was yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, she's talking to another too. younger kid." I was like, "Well, this right. is a pattern." <laughs> I'm like, I would love all of this on Real Housewives, but I'm very thrown off by this, like, right now yeah. in this book. <laughs> yeah, like I thought we were maybe one and done with Andy. Right. <laughs> it was a mistake, but why does this keep coming back up? Not okay. What else do we think of Daniel De Silva? I feel like we always have to say his full name. It's I Daniel do too. Silva. Yeah. I think there there was definitely something not finished with like him talking to the reporter but when they left the town meeting, remember? Yep. Like I feel like the reporters in like cahoots with the whole town. Like mm-hmm. Well, and he seemed like a scum sucker. Like he was like very racist. He jumped oh, to yeah. conclusions. He did not use the word allegedly, which really bothered Pip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right there garbage yeah. yeah which after the town hall that's pretty much when we lost him right like we didn't really come back to him anymore he was he was back at, at the very end for pip's presentation they talked about him being in the audience mm. but yeah i would go to that presentation well he's got to report on it she's the biggest news oh in no i mean daniel da silva like did we hear from him anymore oh uh no i don't think so i didn't think we did yeah. So yeah, maybe he's in the sequel. His pregnant wife probably murdered him. That's the that's the sequel. I'll let you know. <laughs> um, I did want to ask you guys if you noticed something, and I feel like this is really small and kind of dumb, but like when they went to the Ivy um like bed and breakfast, mm-hmm. um she because in the notebook, remember there was HH 
And the lady's grandson, his name was like something Hill. It was like, it starts with an H. And um, was it Henry? It may have been Henry. Like you think uh, the grandson was involved in something? Well, it just like made me like question it because they never really determined who was H H. They thought like maybe it was Howie's house. Um, mm. But then when they, when he said his name, I'm looking to see. Because this is very because, important. Well, yeah, what was it? I-V-H-H and then O-T-S, train station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I was always like, oh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, his name was Henry Hill. So I did he- get I did get weird vibes from him. I know well, we I- only talked to him for like two minutes, but he seemed he seemed weird. That I felt like that whole situation was kind of weird and kind of creepy. And the way he's there, like, he's just, like, conveniently selling his grandma's property and, like, and obviously at the end we find out that she thought she saw Andy and really she saw Becca a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Which but... I think immediately, I think I even texted Danielle, I was like, something is going on here. Like, yes, maybe she has Alzheimer's, but I think that this is, uh, yeah, this happened in some way. And the grandson immediately did brush her off. Right. So maybe there is something going on with the grandson. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that like stuck out to me. And I was like, they never went back to that. And I made like note of it. Cause I was like, Oh, HH, like, you know, yeah. as you know, they, she, they made such a big deal of those like initials. So mm-hmm. but- speaking of Howie though, since you brought up Howie, the drug dealer, why was Andy found on Monroe Street, where he lived, because Becca was driving the car, right? So yeah, and car, Becca left it there because she said that she thought that the police would trace it back to the drug dealer, and it would be an easy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember that now. Because Becca knew because of the party with Matt. because yes, and then yeah. and when Becca confronted Andy about Max date raping her, Andy was like, "Well, sorry." You're not as cute as me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought, like, fashion. I really hated that Andy could have had a moment of redemption. Right. Like, <laughs> and even then was like, but in like, all fairness, it, she did have a pretty severe brain injury at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, but it bleeding, that, like, that trauma from her brain injury, like, the author could have taken that moment to, like, her, like to have Andy show like some human sympathy towards of all people her sister and then like they could have gotten into a fight because her Becca could have been like well I need you to stop selling and Andy could have said no like she could have shown something some compassion and then a fight ensued but she was just like like totally brushed it off and it's like it, that's almost like what I meant when I was like the author pushed them into extremes like I, I don't think any normal sister is going to react that way. I don't think any normal human would react that way to someone saying that they were date raped because of the drugs that Andy sold. But definitely, you're not going to react that way to your sister. And also, like, she just had the traumatic brain injury. And, like, she's already, like, that, like, nasty in response. Like, it's not even like, right. can we discuss this at another time? There's something right. really wrong with me. <laughs> like, it's like... Nope, you're garbage. I'm amazing. Like, I mean, she wasn't even like, I have a little headache. Can we talk about this later? (laughs) True. But, like, can I just say that if they had shown remorse at that time from Andy, then I don't think we would have any remorse for Becca and what Becca went through. Because I think that within, with Becca, at least with the first potential murder, it was very much like this was an accident. And I didn't mean for this to happen and I didn't know what to do, but I sure I knew how to dispose of the body right away. <laughs> and I knew how to try to frame other people, but I <laughs> did not mean to kill her. So I th- I feel like that was the way of trying to be like, wow, like Becca's <laughs> life was really tough and yeah. she didn't mean for this to happen. Um, Did I miss in the book? How did she know to put her in the septic tank there specifically? She just watched like a lot of like crime TV. Was that what it was? But how did they know about the property? Did they talk about that? I don't remember any piece of that that at all. I feel like and it I, was like a family property. 
I feel like it was like their family property or something. Can I just say though, as somebody who has a septic tank at her own home, I don't even know where it is located. <laughs> so I would have no idea how to get a human body. I thought into a septic okay. tank. So we had a septic tank in Tipton growing up. And I only know this because I remember like we had to like flush it a couple times. Mm-hmm. But it's not like I thought maybe this is totally wrong, but I thought septic tanks were like buried underground. They are. They are. So so little Becca, when she five years ago, when she's like what? 16 is digging through the ground to the septic tank and hauling her older sister's body into it. Yeah, like we we literally just had our septic tank pumped and they had to like dig down like a foot and then there's like a big heavy door that these two big men like had to open up and then like- So did Becca just like close her eyes and throw a dart and I was like, oh, I'll dig here first. Like how would she know where the septic tank is? Maybe it was well marked at that house, like septic tank with like a arrow pointing (laughs) and- neon sign. (laughs) I mean, the things that adrenaline can do for your body, I guess. Just locate a septic system, dig it up, pull up the like concrete lid. That's a really good point. And also, wasn't Becca home by the time her parents got home? So Becca did all of that. If she left her house, what she was on video at what 1045. Mm -hmm. So she did all of that in like a little under three hours. Do we think that she had help? Maybe that's the sequel. Maybe, maybe she can help. Like maybe Stanley, the reporter guy, helped her dig all of this or something. I don't they know. They are kind of dating now. Or maybe wait, she- I how would old say, is Stanley? I would, I would say, what are your theories? I would say if there if she did have help, my money is on uh De Silva, the cop. What's his name? Daniel. Oh yeah, because he was a family friend. Yeah. Oh, that is true. Yep. And then he probably put the moves on her. But wait, what's your guys' guess? If there, if she had help, who do you think it was? I, I think Daniel De Silva, because that makes sense. He was like a family friend. He was already not on the up and up. Like first on the scene. Like, yeah. yeah. I would say her dad, but her dad seemed very surprised by all of it and very upset about it. And it doesn't sound like they have a good relationship anyway. So yeah, but I feel like it's gotta be Daniel her. De Silva. He favors okay. That's true. He does favor Becca. And that would totally that would totally explain what happened with Andy's drugs and Andy's burner phone because we still don't have the answer to that. But someone obviously took it out of the wardrobe. Well, Becca, Becca kept the drugs because then she used them on Pip. <laughs> like, oh she yeah, she, you're right. She, she's like, oh yeah, there were drugs handy. left over from five years. They don't expire. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you're like concerned about these illegal drugs expiring. I don't know that that's your biggest concern. But, <laughs> but can we just true. say this is completely off track? But since we just mentioned drugs, can we just say that my favorite, I think, investigative piece that Pip did was going into the Urban Dictionary to figure out all the different words for marijuana? For <laughs> that I marked that. Did, I thought that was so and funny. That she then used all of those different <laughs> words. She's trying to convince this guy to give her the drug dealer number. That may be one of my favorite parts of the book. Like, this is like what a 50 year old uh, adult parent does to try to relate to their children. <laughs> I just loved that part. Oh, oh and then like. That guy, like, that that was very scary. Like, as as a mother, I was like, Pip, get away from this guy. Oh, like, yeah. Please. What is happening and the, here? And the fact that she acted like she was smoking pot, how do you act like you're act. smoking pot? Because there is literal smoke that has to come out of your mouth. So I don't understand how she's just pretending. Just not, like, inhale it. Yes, she she has to just be pumped, but it made it sound like she was just putting it up to her lip and then just taking it down and like not like like no puff at all. I was just like, how out of it is this guy that he is not even noticing? Uh, Yeah, how how high is he to not realize? (laughs) Okay, so right when Pip is ready to pass out, she's like, I I came here to save you. You need to leave town, and that made no sense to me because. I understand 
Pip wanting to save Naomi and Kara because she grew up with that family. But like she has absolutely no emotional ties to Becca whatsoever. And at that point, yes, Becca hadn't like attacked her yet. But I don't I can't imagine being in a situation of going through everything that Pip went through to discover what happened and being like, well, Becca, I just wanted to warn you, leave town. Like, like, that's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially since she found out, you know, that Mr. Ward killed Sal and she could have given Mr. Ward that same out and right. have then necessarily destroyed his family as much right she didn't but i think it kind of goes back too to the fact that she had investigated andy so much and didn't like andy as a result and becca had killed andy and not sal i feel like that's part of it and i think she feels sorry for becca but like who goes to a murderer's house and is like yes i will take your tea right like a yes 17 year old yeah, like, and this is right after she had just confronted Mr. Ward, another murderer. Like, <laughs> both of those two things could have gone very wrong for her and almost did go very wrong for her. Like, why, why would you do that? And that's well, what I felt like, like, the, all of those things are feel, what I felt like made it, like, so cliche at parts. And then it's like, the like, I literally about threw the book away when, we find out that there was like the hit and run accident and that's how like yeah. I'm like okay what is going on in this town like this is like beyond it's like one thing piled on top of another and that we haven't talked about at all because we have not talked about Max oh and yeah. Max was Max. awful I almost wanted Max to be involved in some way because he's despicable like I, I wanted another reason to hate him yeah see I didn't want it to be Max at all because <laughs> they want because I thought that like Max is yes he's horrible for sure not many redeeming qualities there but the idea of him killing his best friend that just ugh, didn't like that so I was like I just really didn't want it to be him for that very reason um, but I mean, I'm glad that he went to jail at the end yeah I thought it was good that he went to jail and I thought it was actually so horrific though because so many people must have come forward because it said that he'd been charged with four counts of sexual assault and two counts of rape so more people came forward thus proving he's garbage yeah, yeah. i mean his facebook fake profile was called tango tits can like... we just talk about how horrible the name nancy tango tits is i don't even <laughs> want to repeat that honestly i hate that name so much and why would you have, if you're doing all of this criminal stuff, like, yeah, you can have your sort of burner ID, but people obviously can still get on that and you still right. see friends on that. Why are you posting that? Is this just me as a millennial not understanding like Gen Z lifestyle that you're posting all of this kind of stuff? It just seemed real dumb. Yeah. But I mean, he doesn't seem like, you know, the, the smartest. Brightest yeah <laughs> and i thought it was so creepy that he kept that like naked picture of andy like on his bulletin board yeah of all places you're gonna put it on your bulletin board like like his mom's in there vacuuming and right here's andy naked. So and the fact that he said that he found it in a classroom i was immediately like it has got to be mr ward like it has got like he's got to be the older guy if he found this in a classroom but if yeah. you're finding a naked picture of somebody, I just, I don't understand the mentality of being like, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to look at it. And then that person dies and you're like, I'm going to continue to keep this. Right. And oh, we're being investigated and talked. To, well, I guess he wasn't officially investigated by the police, but oh, the police are talking to us. Oh, and I'm just going to keep, still it, keep it on my bulletin board five years <laughs> later. Like, <laughs> maybe this is like the white male privilege. Like, nothing is going to get me. Nothing is going to be bad for me. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, then he's looking at a picture of a teenage naked girl as a grown ass man. Right. Because by now he's like 25, 26 or whatever. Yeah. Right. Because he was older than them. Yeah. Which made it even grosser. 
Yeah. There's really not, there's really nothing redeeming about him except for the fact that he's friends with Sal. And can I just say, Sal Singh, the saint of the book, (laughs) Mr. Amazing of the book. How is he friends with Andy and with Max? Like, does he just not see things that are, I mean, this guy was tutoring. This guy was helping everybody out. He hated drugs. Like, oh, you're 10 and you're having a rough time. Let me talk you through it. But then his, (laughs) his girlfriend and his best friend are the two like worst people in the book. Right. Excluding the murderers. So I don't understand that. Well, I need, I need somebody to help me with that. Well, so one, like Andy was like the most popular, the most beautiful, like, and I feel like kind of high school mentality, you know, like, like it blinds you. You yeah. over, you can, you can overlook that more easily than you can as an adult, maybe. Well, yeah, I, I think like you get to a certain point as, uh, you know, as you age and I feel like a lot of these people were not very mature. (laughs) So like they would be like, oh, this girl is really hot. Like regardless of how smart he was or like what a saint he was, like she was still like considered like the most beautiful in the school. And And he does talk to Naomi about how he wants to break up with her. Yeah. Once he found out about the drugs, like he does mention wanting to break up with her. Imagine how he'd feel if he knew she was sleeping with his teacher. <laughs> Who later kills him. <laughs> Full circle moment for Sal. <laughs> and back to that, I thought it was actually more creepy when Mr. Ward was like, but don't worry, I held his hand and talked to him about how great Yale is in the spring as he went to sleep. Like, what? Like, that made it literally worse. Like, so creepy. Yeah hypothetically speaking if you're committing a murder like i can't imagine being in a sound mind to talk about anything i would just be freaking out like like that that was just weird right right i agree i mean i think it just shows how he had like such a mental snap that he just was like completely gone before he even did the murder with sal like he yeah. was not like he, yeah like he thought he was somehow doing sal a favor by yeah having that good old chat right as he went to bed in the woods (laughs) with a bag over his head (laughs) (laughs) i wish we could have like i mean obviously sal is dead but i wish we had i don't know more some interaction i guess with him you know like a flashback of him or something because Ravi was so funny. Like he is like, thanks for inviting me to my first blackmail pip and just saying all yeah. these hilarious things. And I just feel like Sal was probably that way too. They both seem like, I, I mean, I say they both seem very similar when I know very little about Sal, but it just seemed like they had a good relationship. Right. And been quippy with each other and all of that good stuff. So it's just sad to me that we don't get any of that. Well, and I think like he, or like Ravi, had like mentioned that Sal was better than him. Like he was funnier than him. He was more charming than him. He was, which, I mean, part of that could just be, you know, younger child looking up to the older, but it seemed like everybody they talked to kind of felt that way about Sal too. Like that he really was like as good as, as Robbie felt like he was. So did you guys enjoy the ending with the like double twist? Yeah. I I thought that was really I I wasn't expecting that. Like I like once they got to oh oh Andy's alive, I was like, oh well Sal didn't need to die. Like mm-hmm. she, you know, and then it was like, oh crap, like that's not even her. Um, so yeah, I liked I liked the twist. Yeah, I did too. And I'm actually glad that Andy was dead, which is a weird thing to say, but I feel like it would have been so weird if she was alive. Like it wouldn't have made any sense if Mm. she was actually still alive because the way that she was portrayed throughout the book and how angry she was at Mr. Ward toward the end, which we obviously didn't know yet at that point that she was extremely angry with him and that they had had that whole fight at his house and everything. But she just doesn't seem like somebody who would 
allow somebody to hold her hostage for five yeah, even five if years. she was being drugged like it just doesn't seem like something that yeah. she allowed see i i loved the twist with the girl not being andy but then i almost wish it would have ended with andy still being like it still being unknown not us not knowing if she died or if she was alive because mm-hmm. she was painted as such a horrible person she would be the psycho to come back and like terrorize like <laughs> all of these people mm-hmm. that's a good point and and i feel like and, and maybe i'll change my mind after the sequels but i felt like that w- that would have opened the door for a really interesting continuation of the mm. story maybe you should write the author i will i don't know <laughs> Yeah, like the whole Mr. Ward killing Sal made sense and I think was wrapped up well as like absolutely like sad and I felt like that was actually really heartbreaking that he died for really absolutely no reason. No reason, right. So many what one and one thing I do really like especially when reading, you know, like a murder mystery book is how they're able to just weave all of these things together and you're like anybody could have stopped this event from happening if just one person had spoken up at some point prior to the murder and been like, hey, this is a problem. Like, hey, we're going to report the fact that this guy is giving out roofies at parties. Or, hey, we're going to go to the police about the fact that we have this hit and run. Or, wow, I was reading my daughter's diary and she mentions a hit and run. Me as the adult, I'm going to do something about that. So many things could have... Even Mr. Ward, like, reporting, like, hey, I have had a relationship that I should not have had with a student. Like, any of those things could have happened, and then that murder would not have taken place. So I I do really like how authors are able to do that in a murder mystery. I think that's done really well. I The South thing, I think, was really sad. The Becca, like, killing but not killing her sister, that just seemed so kind of out of place in some ways which i think is the point of it because you're not supposed to suspect it Mm -hmm. but it did seem a little just i don't know it it, it felt like it was almost like thrown in there to wrap it up but yeah like a little rushed yeah and it didn't really feel like it wrapped it up it felt like like i still have questions and i still feel like there's a cliffhanger because obviously there's more books but if there was going to be a cliffhanger i would have rather that have been oh is andy alive or is she not alive and discovered that in the next book i think that makes sense i think that's a good point yeah um so how do you feel like you would have handled this if you were pip like i i it never would have gotten that far for me as like (laughs) Because I was like thinking, like that far. <laughs> putting putting myself in her shoes, like I would have immediately gone to my parents and been like, "I'm in way over my head." <laughs> so I have investigated. I don't know if either one of you know this. I have investigated a murder before. Um, my my sister and I and my two cousins. Um, my so my grandma's mom was actually murdered. Um, oh, oh, you have you told us this. this. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. The listeners haven't heard this. Yes. So my grandma's mom was murdered when my grandma was like 16 and she was shot through her like she was in the kitchen and she was like shot through the like out from the outside and no one in our family talked about it. So of course, let me bring it up on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Your mom is going to be so proud of you. (laughs) And here we go using humor as a defense mechanism again. <laughs> it's what we do. Um, but so I, I don't even remember how we found out about it. But w- of course, once we found out, I couldn't drive yet. So I know I wasn't 16, but we like all rode our bikes to the courthouse. And like you, we looked up, well, first we went to the library and we looked through the old like reels of like newspaper articles. We found everything we could. And then it's like obviously open court records. So we went to the courthouse and they just like, let us check this out i'm like ma'am like we are clearly 14 years old like what are you doing <laughs> um but like we've got the trial like transcripts and everything um obviously a different scenario but 
I felt like I was Pip, you know. <laughs> Did you solve that? Um. So the 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 man who was brought to trial was found not guilty. Um. Mm-hmm. He, I forget the reason why. I actually talked to my sister about this a couple months ago. I would love to actually like revisit it as an adult because I think that would be fascinating. Do you um, have an upcoming senior capstone project that you need to do? I don't, but you know, I'm unemployed at the moment. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe A, I could go to grad school and this could be my capstone, or B, I could just do it with no regards to school. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so then we need to like, did you break into anyone's house? Did no. you stalk anyone on Facebook? <laughs> Did, didn't exist. <laughs> did you email someone as you worked for CNN? CNN? <laughs> um, but, we did nothing except go to the the library and the courthouse. And unfor- well, I guess I don't know if it's unfortunately or fortunately, but obviously we didn't ask any of we didn't ask my grandma or my grandpa or any of like our immediate family members anything about it because we were you know fifteen. But, but man, if you had had a car and Facebook, you would have been unstoppable. Exactly. There would have been no house that the Henry's would have not broken into. (laughs) (laughs) I I would be absolutely horrible at this. I wouldn't even think of this as a capstone project. Like it would never cross my mind. My capstone project would have been something like, what's the absolute bare minimum I can do to get a good <laughs> on this and pass it. So there is no way I would have gone as far as Pip. And I also would have been absolutely like, I remember a time when I was a really little kid playing hide and seek and I peed my pants in the closet because I was so afraid somebody was going to find me. So there is no part of me that is walking into a murderer's house or going to a drug dealer and blackmailing him. Like none of that is within my scope. <laughs> no. What a podcast episode. Kill Kill is admitting like this this murder that happened in his family. Jen just admitted being her pants in the closet. Like I mean, it was a long time ago. Can I just I wasn't like 25 doing this. I was like five years old. I was old enough to not be doing that. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, this is great. Okay. Is there anything else you guys want to add about the book? We've already rated it. Will, so will you guys will you guys read the sequel? I, I actually have a sequel already, so I haven't have started, started it because it? I'm, no, because I'm reading a Christmas book, um, but. Uh, as as much as I, as much, as many problems as I had with the book, I am excited to read the sequel. Good. Yeah, I feel like it was a good book. Like, it kept my attention. I thought it was really interesting. She kept going in all of these different directions, which had me, even though I always kind of, even though I always thought it was Mr. Ward and I never kind of went away from it being Mr. Ward, she like threw me off. Yeah. She had me question. I felt like the, I felt like the beginning was great. I felt like the end was great. I got a little, I think my moment of annoyance was once that hit and run happened and I'm like, we can't throw anything else into this book. And then I was, I was kind of annoyed for that like middle section. Mm-hmm. But, but it was, it was, it was a, I felt like it was a lighthearted enough murder mystery. Like it wasn't super heavy. It wasn't super emotional. Yeah. And it was entertaining. You know the topics that we have discussed in this podcast. <laughs> and we're like, we're talking about things like sexual assault. And we're like, it wasn't that heavy. Like, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. No big deal. <laughs> lighthearted way <laughs> i think uh, maybe because there, i i didn't personally feel any kind of personal attachment to any of these characters there was nothing that like made me like emotionally connected to anyone i feel like the only one i was emotionally connected with was ravi just because he was the lighthearted piece mm-hmm. of the whole book even though it was his brother who was murdered somehow he was able to bring like the seriousness, the emotion and still the lightheartedness. Like, yeah. go Ravi. What a guy. Yeah. He's Ravi Shing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All it's right. all happens to me. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Thanks for listening. And um, as promised, the December uh, book is... Jen, did you want to announce the December book? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I can't wait to discuss this book with you all. Um, we already have big opinions. So, um, but it's not holiday. Me, I have a... Sorry. No, go ahead. I was no. going to say not me because I haven't even cracked the book open. I don't even have the book yet. <laughs> no one is surprised by any of this. Um, but it is Holidays by Christina Lauren, a nice, lighthearted, no sexual assault. Uh, I don't think. Like it's just legit lighthearted. <laughs> it is very lighthearted. Um, and I thought uh, I'll I'll save my thoughts for later. Uh, so um let us know uh what you thought of the episode um on Instagram at the silver lining design and shop. And um we can't wait for to um I almost said see you on our next episode, but that doesn't work. So whatever. <laughs> Thank you for being part of our books and brands podcast journey. We invite you to share the magic with your book loving besties and fellow small business owners so they can enjoy it too. And if you've been loving what you hear, consider subscribing. And if you're feeling especially generous, leave us a going five-star review. For daily updates and behind the scene moments, connect with us on Instagram at the Silver Lining Design and Shop. Now, as we close one chapter, we eagerly turn the page to the next great adventure in the world of books and brands. Stay tuned for more exciting stories and inspiring guests.